Greetings in Christ Jesus, and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined again today by Pastor Neil Radical. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate with you the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. How are you today, Pastor? Doing great. Sorry I missed last week, but had a pretty sweet podcast. So. Yeah, yeah. I hope the listeners got a kick out of my family. They're a lot of fun, but... Uh, uh, a lot of work, too. Uh, you got a devotion to kick us off today, Pastor? Yeah, I've been reading through the Proverbs, and what I found interesting is that in the teen section of the Proverbs, written by Solomon, you have a lot of these one-liners. And one that I really liked in seminary was Proverbs 12, verse 1. Actually, Professor David Lau would bring it up because he enjoyed it, too. But whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Whoa, whoa, whoa I'm going to stop you there. We're not allowed to say stupid in my house. That's you know. okay. God <laughs> says it. <laughs> it is in the Bible. So this is New King James translation of the word stupid. That's partly why I like to use this word, because God uses that word, and the translation in the Hebrew of stupid is, is beast-like. So the idea of being led around and kind of like the New Testament apostles speak of, being carried about by every wind of doctrine or teaching. And so like a beast being led to the slaughter, whatever it might be. So the idea the Lord is saying here through Solomon is that he who hates correction, admonition, being instructed from God's word, is like a stupid animal, a stupid beast that doesn't want to listen to the Lord's instruction. And so those who hate correction, you know, I've talked to other people who don't, yeah, we don't shouldn't use the word hate, but again, the Lord does because people do hate being corrected, being instructed, and the Lord is the only one who can call anyone a fool as far as rejecting the creator, rejecting the savior, rejecting God. So I think there's so many different verses you could pull into that second phrase. But instead of just dwelling on the stupidity of those who hate the Lord's correction, let's focus on what we want to follow. And that's where Solomon pens through the inspiration of the Lord. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. So it's not just any kind of instruction. One, we have those lifelong students who love going to school, love math, love science, love reading and writing, all those things. This is the Lord's instruction too, like we read about in Psalm 119. We talk about the, the various different ways of expressing the testimonies, the commandments, the, the Word of God. Whoever loves instruction, whoever loves God's Word, loves knowledge. It's not the knowledge of shifting sands, but the knowledge of the rock. The Word of God, Christ incarnate, that we want to follow. So there's a huge contrast here between the first phrase and the second phrase. He who hates correction, again implied from the Lord, is stupid, like a dumb animal who isn't paying attention to the Master's instruction. But whoever loves instruction loves the knowledge of God. And that knowledge, as your podcast indicated last week, is the knowledge that saves, that gives us that Savior from sin, the one who conquers death, and gives us eternal life in heaven. That's the instruction that we ought to love in this world. All other education is important, but it's this loving of the education, the instruction of the Lord, the correction, like the father correcting the child, is what we want to love above all things, just as other, other Proverbs we know growing up. Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall bring it to pass. So the idea of Putting the Lord first and loving his instruction, his admonition, his correction, whatever it might be, is what our love truly focuses and centers on. Your thoughts? Yeah, I like the way you explain that. That's stupid there. You know, it's, it's not like a, a mocking thing or a, a 
you know, the way that children use the word stupid to make fun of each other. It's, it's like you say, it's, it's animal-like or, or brutish. You know, and that's one of the big distinctions between human beings and animals is that God gave to human beings reason and logic and the ability to learn and to plan ahead. You know, animals live in the moment. You know, they just, you know, they're, they're going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. If you watch a dog, you know, ooh, shiny over here, or a goldfish, you know, they have a memory of five seconds. You know, that's brutish. That's that's unable to uh, to think long-term or to reason or to, to make t- uh, godly decisions according to his will. Um, and that's what it means to hate instruction, to hate instruction, to say, I don't want to be corrected. I don't want to uh, uh, go the, I don't want to do what I'm told. Well, that's like an animal. But God gave to us the ability to, to learn, to, to love knowledge, to uh, experience things, to uh, be taught, to grow. And that's the difference between hum- one of the, the biggest differences between human beings and animals is that God gave us that ability. And that's, you know, I think a good explanation there of that that word stupid. And, and as you say, that loving the instruction, you know, that's motivated clearly by God's love for us. You know, when we see what God has do- done for us, that makes me in turn want to learn what he has to say. You know, if you have a teacher, if you remember a teacher from your childhood uh, who showed love to you and who cared for you and went out of their way to to uh, uh, make you comfortable or make you happy or give you a, put you a smile on your face that day, you know, you love being instructed by that teacher because uh, you have a relationship with them. Their love motivates your love. If you remember a teacher that you really disliked and who really uh, rubbed you the wrong way or you thought was unfair and you know un, un, did not treat you the way you should have been treated, well, then the opposite. You didn't want to learn from that person at all. You just said, I'm going to tune you out and I don't want to hear it. Um, and that's where God's love motivates us, right? So when God's love, we see what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Now in love, to, you know, his love motivates my love to him that now I want to be instructed in what he has to say in his word to me in his word so you know I think it's a neat neat proverb here that to, to dwell on and you know it's important for us in our day-to-day lives to remember to stay humble uh, to be corrected when we when we are are wrong about something and to to love that and and trust that God has a plan and purpose for us with all the instruction and all the tribulation and trials he sends to us in his life because that's part of how he instructs us too sweet let's pray Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you help us to not hate others, to not hate your correction or instruction, but to continue to look to you for that love and mercy and forgiveness. We look at your love with with you, in which you loved us and laid down your life for us. Help us to love your instruction and to rejoice in the opportunities to spend time in your word, reading, hearing, and rejoicing in the message it gives to us of sins forgiven and the promise of eternal life in heaven. Lord Jesus, we ask you continue to bless us in this instruction so that we would grow in your love and relationship with you always. Be with us, Lord Jesus, always. In your saving name we pray. Amen. Amen. A couple updates, reminders this week. Uh, once again tonight, the Wednesday Bible class continues at 7 o'clock. I uh, hope you can join us for that online. That link will be sent out today as well. We'll be picking up the study of the Mormon Church, or the fancier name, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So if you're able to join, my question for you before tonight would be, are they a Christian group or not? Let's take a look at that. Yeah, they don't like the word Mormon anymore, do they? No, they don't. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Thursday evening at 6 o'clock, uh, we'll be hosting a congregational meeting for convention preparation. Uh, one of my things that just popped in my head today is June is convention preparation month. 
there's lots of other things people celebrate in the month of June, but for us around here, it's convention preparation month. So uh, we'll be uh, tomorrow night. We'll be going through uh, many of the different uh, uh, things that our convention will be doing this year and deciding. And we'll pil- be highlighting a few of those things in our podcast here later on in a little bit. But uh, tomorrow night, Thursday, at 6 p.m., will be kind of our congregational deep dive look, at least before delegates conference. And uh, there's potential for another congregational meeting before convention itself. Uh, but that delegates conference is this Saturday, June fifth at five uh, at uh, June fifth at ten a.m. That's going to run till five p.m. So that'll be uh, whereas the meeting on Thursday is just our congregation of Emmanuel. Everyone's welcome to attend. Uh, this Saturday is delegates from all over the state of Minnesota uh, who'll be attending that. And again, everyone is welcome to attend that. That'll be held in the gym. Uh, so uh, if you like to know more about what's going on, that'd be a good time for you to to come and and uh, hear what many of the presenters have to say. So just to recap, Thursday night at 6 in the sanctuary yep, and Saturday at 10 in the gym yep, with air conditioning. And if you can't find us, just walk around a little bit and you'll find, <laughs> you'll find everybody. Uh, this coming weekend uh, uh, for services will be Communion Weekend as our first Sunday of the month. Uh, but also it's our mission festival, our spring mission festival. Uh, former vicar Drew Nauman, uh, who's going to be installed out in Spokane in July as uh, their new pastor out there is going to come and... Uh, lead a service for us, so we're looking forward to Drew coming this weekend, and it'll be a good chance for you to say uh, farewell to him, kind of, as he makes his way out west, and wish your, uh, God's blessings upon him, so hopefully we can get a lot of people here for that and uh, send him on his way. As far as communion is concerned, just a quick reminder, if you are planning on taking communion online, we do a plan on having pickups. Uh, we're going to do Friday at 5 to 6, and then Saturday uh, from 11 to noon, and if you're going to be in person, we'll have packets in the back. So if you want to stay in the pews and not come forward, you can take whatever communion table is up. You could take it during that time. If you want to come forward at this time up to the altar area, we will plan to do that up front as well. All right. Thanks for that reminder, too. Um, so just as you prepare for this weekend, keep in mind uh, how you're going to be taking communion. Um only kind of things we want to highlight coming up here, uh, June 12th is the Emanuel Adventure Day. Uh, That's a bike riding event. Um, you can get more information on that on the bulletin. Uh, hope you can join us for that. should be fun. Uh, June 13th to the 19th is ILC camp coming up soon, something I always had a fun time doing when I was a kid mm-hmm. and later on as a counselor. And then, of course, CLC convention is June 24th through the 27th. Um, we'll have, be having, that's Thursday through Sunday, we'll be having a, uh, a lay-led service that that weekend uh oh and also want to highlight vacation bible school registration is hopefully going to go live this weekend too um so we're planning on that for july 12th through the 16th uh looks like it's going to be a a very normal vacation bible school which we're excited for prayer list has gotten extensive this week uh we continue to pray for marie meyer that'd be grace schreier's sister who's dealing with cancer in red wing minnesota we also pray for tim schreier uh, who is one of our members who lives out in colorado He's back in the hospital. We, we thank God last weekend that uh, he'd returned home, but uh, more complications have, has arisen. Um, they're doing all kinds of scans to try to figure out what the issue is. But as is so often the case, um, that diagnosis is kind of the hardest challenge, and we pray the Lord would lead the doctors and nurses to, to figure out what the issue is, and uh, hopefully they can start treating that. Also pray for the families of Barry Koskovich and Elton Hollower. Barry is a longtime member here at Emanuel. Uh, who had moved recently due to his uh, advanced Alzheimer's, and also Elton Hollower, who's a, a CLC pastor for more than 50 years, I believe, up in Morris, Minnesota. Uh, uh, and we 
keep the Elton Holler family in our prayers as well. Uh, Ms. Diane Bodie had knee surgery here a couple weeks ago. She's healing and doing well, so we thank God for that. We also pray on behalf of Jothi Benjamin. Jothi is the uh, one of the leaders of the uh, CLCI over in India. Uh, we are affiliated with him, a uh, very large group over there. He's, I believe, the president of the Synod over there, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he was diagnosed with COVID here maybe two weeks ago and ended up in the hospital on a respirator and was looking pretty pretty poor for a while. Since then, he's returned home, but recovery has been very slow. So please keep Jothi in your prayers as he uh, uh, continues to work recovery for this from COVID. Uh, as you know, in India and Nepal over there, they're all completely shut down and the healthcare systems are completely overwhelmed. So uh, scary time for, for our fellow members over there in India. Yeah, imagine sharing a hospital bed for a number of days with the bed with somebody else that yeah. you don't know. In the same bed with someone you've never met. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I also wanted to just mention uh, my cousin, Laura, her, her maiden name is Nauman. She married a Schaller, uh, Tim and Laura Schaller. We prayed for them on Sunday. Uh, that little baby, Lila, was born on Monday. Uh, she was a tiny little thing. I, I didn't get the, the specs on her, but I saw a picture, and she's about the size of a, the, the nurse's hand who was holding her. And, but it seems as though she's doing well, and you know, obviously it's going to be a long road, road for her uh, in the hospital, but uh, being born that premature, but... Uh, uh, keep keep praying for her. We appreciate that as well. Okay, so that brings us, as I mentioned before, uh, June is convention preparation month. So we are going to highlight over the next four weeks. We have four podcasts here before uh, convention will take place on June uh, 24th. Uh, and so we kind of picked out four of the main things we want to highlight from the prospectus and from the work that we'll be doing at, uh, at convention there. Um, so they are uh, the ILC building project, what's going on there, the joint statement, um, some recommendations from a committee on the Partners of Public Ministry about a, uh, opportunities to shorten maybe the education period for someone who's looking to join or become a public minister. And then also some of the reports on uh, Christian education that we see at our sister uh, uh, high school over there in Eau Claire. So uh, today we're going to take a look at the ILC building project and what's going on there uh, and what they have proposed. So due to a very generous donation uh, from uh, or a gift gift uh, from someone uh, to the ILC building fund, uh, they were able to completely pay off the uh, the, the, the AC academic yeah center. academic center yeah the yep. academic center and uh, they had a million dollars left over to start the next project and so pretty much as soon as that one came in they said well we gotta get moving on the next one and get get building and so um, that's what they're proposing here. Uh, the ILC Building Committee uh, has a big report towards the end of Prospectus. Uh, what page does that start on there, Pastor? Uh, it's on page 93, and uh, just hit a couple of highlights of that. Back in 1988 is when they really planned a lot of this work. They had talked about the student commons and dining facility. Of course, that was completed. Remodeling of Ingram Library and Ingram Hall, that was also taken care of. The new classroom building, as you just mentioned, the AC. And now they're looking at the last three of those, the remodel of the field house, expanditory dormitory space, which they don't need to do right now because of the numbers, and then the construction of the new gym. So this report, starting on page 93 of the, of the whole prospectus report, is from the field house and the new gymnasium. So you see there's a lot of, I know I've shared this with a couple people, and you might stop on page 95 and say, oh, there's a location there. But it goes on to show a lot more details of what that plan and layout looks like, about how they relocate the softball field and so forth. And um, 
quite quite an impressive building. It's bigger than the current gym and commons area. And so it's two floors and there's a couple gyms in there that can be divided. And then there's a bigger one as well. Yeah, so one of the things that, that uh, the committee has recognized as a need for Emanuel is, is the bigger gym space. Um, so when I was back in high school, they jokingly referred to our gym as the barn. I don't know if they just, that was the nickname when you were in high school too, but all the other all the other schools would come in and say "Welcome to the barn," you know, and uh, we would joke about it. That was home court advantage or something like that. And but uh, but yeah, so in order to you know in order to host certain like WIA events and stuff like that, we need to have larger capacity. And so when we advance far enough in the state tournaments, uh, we'd have to go ho- go hold. Uh, even if we were the home team, we'd have to go somewhere else because our gym wasn't big enough to to host a WIA event. And even for like official volleyball games, the, the ceiling was not high enough uh, to be a, a, a Regula- regulation, regulation yeah. court. Yeah, so um, that's kind of the goal with this building is to be able to do those and host those things. Um, and, and the capacity seems as though it's gonna be quite large here uh, with the proposal. So where they're planning on putting it is, you know, kind of if, you, if you're familiar with the, the uh, site at Emanuel there, there's, if, as you come down the hill past the boys' dorm, and you see the existing gym on the, on the left. As you kind of go down the hill, it'd be kind of right in front of you. Um, so this proposal would remove kind of where the softball field is down uh, down the hill there, and it would dig into the hill and build a great big uh, a, a, a gym with two full size gyms in it, uh, full size basketball courts in it that could also then once all the bleachers are pulled out would uh, uh, seat uh, quite a few people and also then have one center court gym that would be completely full size as well. Um, so if you look through the pictures, you can kind of see what they propose there. And one other very big part of this plan is uh, the goal to turn the existing gymnasium into kind of a uh, fine arts slash uh, chapel for the for the students there. You know, we, when we have chapel there, it's always on the bleachers and in the gym, and they've always called it the field house, you know, kind of similar to how we have it here at Emanuel Mankato. We have the, we call it the, uh, the, uh, MPF, yeah, I couldn't think of it there, multi-purpose facility, because it's not just a basketball court, it's, you know, we do many, many things in there. and Delegates. Delegates, yeah. and, and think about a uh, banquet that takes place in there, so, you know, it's not just a gym, it, it does a lot of other things, and so what this, this gym proposal would do is it would allow the gym and that stuff to take place uh, here in the gym, and it would allow other things like the play and the musicals and the, the, the organ practice and the, all the many other things that, t- need, that take place as part of the regular education there at, at Emanuel and the, the programs that they have to, to happen simultaneously. You know, I remember when I was a, a C-teamer on when I freshman year, we'd always have practice from 9.30 to 10.30 at night because there was no, you know, the gym was full all day long. There was only one gym and, you know, the, the better basketball teams got priority for the better practice times and we C-team boys, we were the 9.30 to 10.30 crew. So, you know, that was just when we had practice every day. So what this would do is, you know, having two full-size gyms there would, or full-size basketball courts would allow uh, for practices to happen simultaneously and uh, allow the kids to, or the, the schedule to be more flexible for many of the kids too. And I remember when I had senior art with Mike Sitto, that was in the cafeteria too. So just, yeah, it creates more space and more opportunities for the, the students there with high school, college, and even seminary as far as delivering in more of a chapel-like setting. Yep, absolutely. So check that out in the in the uh, uh, prospectus. And if you have more questions or comments, I think the final price tag on this thing is $6.5 million. 
Uh, there's some proposals uh, towards the end of the section there on, they have a million dollars already. They're planning on maybe selling some of the property that, that belongs to Emanuel across the river there um, that they don't they don't use right now. So uh, check that out if you got any questions. Uh, feel free to reach out to uh, uh, all the committee members that are listed in the prospectus or uh, we can bring it up at Delegates Conference too this weekend uh, if you have any questions for us on that. So uh, looking forward to that. We know the Lord's going to bless the work that we do and uh, thank you for tuning into this uh, little section on the uh, ILC building project and I look forward to seeing where the Lord leads us from here. Uh, our hymn of the day I thought would kind of kind of tie in good with this idea of building. Uh, obviously we got a little bit of work going on here at Emmanuel too as far as updating the sanctuary. Um, and of course we remember that that all the work we do is dedicated uh, and founded upon the work of our Lord Jesus. And so I'd like to read him 637 out of the Lutheran hymnal, uh, which goes like this. Founded on thee, our only Lord, on thee, the everlasting rock, thy church shall stand as stands thy word, nor fear the storm, nor dread the shock. For thee, our waiting spirits yearn, for thee, this hour of praises rear. To thee, with longing hearts, we turn, Come fix thy glorious presence here. Come with thy spirit and thy power, the conqueror once the crucified. Our God, our strength, our king, our tower, here plant thy throne and here abide. Accept the work our hands have wrought, accept, O God, this earthly shrine. Be thou our rock, our life, our thought, and we as living temples thine. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.